Uh, I'm Dr. Allie Lovies. We're, uh, I have stage fright and uh, been sitting a lot, so it's much more fun for me to walk around and see all of you. So um, we're going to go under the hood today. I'm going to tell you a little bit about me and what I mean by going under the hood when we look at these blockchain enabled. I hear this all the time. Is this blockchain enabled? We use the blockchain. Um, and then we dive under the hood on this. All right, so my background, all those acronyms, people are making fun of me. So I'm a physician with a dual board certification. In 2014, it's now a medical recognized subspecialty, clinical informatics. I tell people that means I'm bilingual. I speak clinical and I speak technology, okay? Um, was practicing until 2018. My projects kept getting bigger and bigger. I had one floor that was clinical, one floor that was consulting, all in the healthcare IT space. I'm laughing that HIMSS Commonwealth Alliance, I was there watching that announcement, uh, helped start one of the first regional health information organizations in the country, still one of the most successful. But when I was vice chair on the board of directors there, one of the insurers looked at me and he said, look it, let's just face it, physicians are never going to use computers, okay? That's where I came from. So it's all been about emerging technology. The first time I did a note on a computer, I was a resident in the intensive care unit. The head of the intensive care unit came to me like in a tizzy, an absolute tizzy. Did you do your note on a computer? I said, yeah. She said, stop it. You're upsetting the nurses. We handwrite our notes. So that's where I came from. So projects kept getting bigger and bigger. Eventually, I found myself at Ernst & Young. I was brought there to lead digital health, government, and public sector. And first thing I want to do is know what assets does Ernst & Young have. Turns out Ernst & Young is one of the leaders in enterprise-level blockchain. And I thought, oh my gosh, that's so exciting. And I'm going to sit in on a call with the current healthcare blockchain leader with a client and just hear what he has to say. And he never showed up to the call and they turned all the questions to me. I'm like, wow, I gotta learn blockchain and I gotta learn it fast. So that's where I cut my teeth, which brings a little bit of a bias to my um, upbringing because if anyone knows Paul Brody and uh, Ernestine Young, they're big on public Ethereum blockchain. That's where they're going all behind there. So I know a lot of others are out there, but that brings a little bit of a bias there. So. For 18 months, I was in front of 180 clients. The interest for blockchain is huge. Giving the talk about what is blockchain, what can it do. And I knew I was successful at the end of my talk if the client started saying, we could do this, we could do that. It's been fun for me to sit in the audience and hear today some of those things actually coming to life. Uh, the Pharma Meta Ledger, that project, the chargebacks, we help wireframe all that. I see Kyle Culver's here for Synaptic, right? There you go. We did the, you know, Ernest Young was part of that project where we did the analysis of how Synaptic Alliance at the time, even though they pivoted, was putting together their blockchain for exchanging physician demographics. So I've jumped out into the, the startup world and advising on the startup world. Wrote this, what was it, two years ago, Tori? Uh, it says part one. That was very intentional that it was part one because the, the intention was there's going to be a part two coming. Because as we could tell everybody, this is the reason you want to do it. No one was really doing it then. And we know in two years, if you, have you guys read this paper that won the award? 
only 10 commercially viable blockchain products out there right now in healthcare um, over two years, if you look at it. Though we know much more is happening probably privately, and I certainly with Ernst & Young it was. And so what did we look at during that paper, the benefits of what blockchain, what do they do? And that's usually what I start my talk with. Not what it is, but what does it do? And it's all about an asset, really, and I don't care what kind of asset. So I don't have to separate cryptocurrency and blockchain. I said, yeah, blockchains and cryptocurrency, that's an asset. Let me give you another asset that a blockchain can manage. And that's all it's really doing. And then specifically in healthcare, here are some of our assets. Right? Those are just a few, but the paper went into more detail on that. But we basically said that this falls into three buckets. There's three reasons to do this. The most boring one is operational efficiencies, regulatory compliance, because it's such a headache. But really, a very successful blockchain company, it's going to enable new business capabilities. So have you done that? So where do you fall in on, on your bucket? And are you ready to do it? And um, where's Alex Kahana? Alex is here. What did you say? Alex, can I quote you? It's not interoperability, it's intercooperability um, that we always run up against. I think that the, it's like the shiny thing. It's like stone soup. I show up, I'm going to talk about blockchain. But really, you got to find out, do you have everything else here? Are we aligned? Are we aligned within the organization? Are you ready? When you go out and speak to someone, do they know what's going on? Leadership, clear mission support capital investment. These cost money, right? Stakeholder alignment. What's happening out in the market? Is the timing right? So we go into detail on that in the, in the first paper. All right. Not written yet, because here it comes. Business case part two. You really, now let's get to the nitty gritty. Show me the money. At the end of the day, show me the value. These are in no particular order, though I think I saved the best for la last. Graphical user interface, also known as GUI. You gotta say that every day. You really, you should be able to quantify it. Why are we doing this? Not just because blockchain's a really cool thing, and yes, we're gonna get trust and security. Yes, and technology. Can we do that in technology? The answer is always yes. We can always do it. We can go to the moon, but at what cost? And so we're not going to just invest in technology for the sake of it. So you better be able to show me that we're doing something. New business capabilities, hopefully we're getting new revenue. And it's coming in monthly recurring, daily active users, some of the ways we measure it. Operational efficiencies, if you look at the chargeback, there was both money, capturing money, and a lot of time and efficiency. They have whole swaths of people that all they're doing is looking at that, those chargebacks with the pharmaceuticals. And then compliance, and I think this is what the Synaptic Health Alliance was about. If you don't have the correct provider directory information, it's $10,000 a day fine. That can add up very quickly. So there was a clear use business case for why we wanted to take this all to a blockchain. All right, then you get down to the people. So as I walk around and I get to meet a lot of people, and, and uh, you're right, Alex, OG. I mean, it's a small space in the blockchain world, small space in the healthcare. Uh, world, but you get to know who's the chief executive officer, board of directors, founders, and their advisors. And I've been asking a lot of the companies here, tell me about your advisors. How many of you have patient advisors in your company? Anybody? 
And we laugh. I mean, we all say that we're building this for the patient, but do we really have patient advisors on that? I have spoken to a number of companies that don't have physicians because they don't see the need to have a physician involved in this. And I'm like, wait, healthcare, no patient, no physician. Okay. So you see that. So again, I like to sit in that space where I can talk to the technologist, I can talk to the clinical. Yes, we've all been a patient, but at the end of the day, you got to get in there and you got to put it in front of them and stress test it there. If you're a startup and we're looking at that and we're starting to talk, I want to know about your company structure. How have you done this? What stage are you in? Sometimes we hear these wild evaluations that have been done, but unless you've had this formal 409 evaluation, you know, we're really, really just beginning. So I say buyer beware here, because I also invest in some of these companies. Uh, intellectual property and patents. Do you have that as part of your company, as part of your D app? And then what financing have you done? So this is just some of the due diligence I do before I get involved with some of the companies, because I want to know where they're at. It doesn't matter to me where they're at, what stage, just so we can ground, okay, this is where you're at. Governance. I call this the cobbler, children have no shoes. I doubt I would challenge a single company to come up here building blockchain that themselves are a DAO. And I really mean a DAO. I really mean you've issued a token, all the rules are codified, right? And you get to vote, quadratic voting. You can say you're that, but are you really doing it? So those are the other things I'm looking for within and when you're going under the, under the hood. Your key performance indicators in the company, especially when they're fundraising. Um, yes, are we doing this? Sorry for the typo there. But do you have a proof of, proof of concept? Or, or are, you just, are you proof of contracts? Letters of intent that maybe we're going to do this? And what technical milestones have you reached? Uh, I know we've talked to a couple startups here where they're really just beginning. And they're very honest about that. Say, we don't have product yet. Um, but we want to, and we want to have product, and we're building towards that. I always go right to the technology because they're like, we're on the blockchain, or we're blockchain. And sometimes it just means they're using cryptography, an element of blockchain. I know there was a company that was doing passwords on the blockchain. Well, they weren't really on a blockchain. They were just using cryptography if you pushed under the hood. Which protocol? And it matters because we don't have interoperability, truly interoperability between protocols, right? You have to make a commitment. And the reason this matters is because when I look at your return on investment, it costs money to transact on blockchains. It's just their fees associated with it. So you have to know, you have to be able to declare which protocol and why did you choose it. Is it public or is it private? Is it a blend? There are times when it really makes sense. It looks like John and Bart maybe have left, but oh no, there you are. There you are. You're right. You guys are doing, it's private, right? Because that makes sense because we don't need to expose this to the whole public. These are contracts between medical supply companies and hospitals. When you look at what Pharma Ledger is doing, same way, these are contracts between entities. We don't need to make this public. Are you using smart contracts? 
Blockchain itself, I call it plumbing. I call it, it's bringing pure data. Now, maybe good data or bad data, whatever you put in, we can do that debate. But in theory, what you're doing is you have, you have data that at least entities have agreed upon this is the next logical transaction or record of an asset, which is great, but then you have to do something on top of that. So we really can't just have blockchain and blockchain doesn't live alone. You have to have analytics sitting on top of it, artificial intelligence, machine learning, to really get the full power. It's just one of the pieces of the puzzle in these companies. So those are the other things we're looking for. All right, best for last. And this is really where people should start, and they don't. And they don't. And if you ask them, how many times, how many interviews have you done with end users? And when we say end users, there is never a single type of end user. There just isn't. And so something that works really great, so electronic health records are so easy to pick on. They're just so easy to pick on. But maybe that works really great for the billing, but maybe it's really horrible for the physician. I guarantee you it's horrible for the physician and has caused burnout. And the patient, I'm not, I'm not even so sure. Don't laugh at this, but I actually did some work with Kodak. So I'm from that area of the country, Rochester, New York. And they actually were behind the first health information exchange. They helped fund it because they were self-insured. They said healthcare was the most frustrating thing for them to purchase because they were spending all this money but had no proof of the quality of what they were getting or the value. That they were paying sometimes for people to get three and four x-rays and or CTs. And they said, look, if we have this health information exchange, we won't have to do it anymore. So business, big business drove health information exchange in Rochester. And so I met some of them from the board, and then they, they said they had this idea for a medical kiosk. They would love people just the same way that they go print pictures. So if you walk into Target, those still exist, those kiosks where I can go print a picture. So in the first meeting in my office to do the interface into my electronic health record with a kiosk, they said they had already spent $40,000 before we ever wrote a line of code on the graphical user interface. This is how many buttons you can have. This is how big the buttons are. These are how many words can be in the page. These are the color schemes that work. They started there. I've had an 18-month-old in my office pick up the iPhone. I was talking to the mother. Mother needed to distract him. Handed him the iPhone. That 18-month-old zoomed around in that iPhone until he got to the video that he wanted to watch and sat there. It was just that intuitive. And how many of your products are you spending money? This is the other place I hear people just, we can't afford it. We're just focused on the technology. We can't afford it. You cannot afford to not do this. Again, there's never a single end user. So have I done it for the physician? Have I done it for the administrator? Is it all about what it looks like on my mobile phone? Is it also about the dashboard? When we talk about blockchain, wallet management. That is not easy. <laughs> and I go, I go around and I teach this, right? And I teach this, but I, I love my brother. I said, don't, don't forget this seed phrase. He's like, I wrote down the first letter of every word in the seed phrase, no problem. I go, what about the rest of the word? He goes, I need that. It's going to be really difficult. It's going to be really difficult. And, I, and again, back to John and Bart's point, that 
somewhere 2.5 is probably where we're going to have to go to to help people with that wallet management. And then the human-centered design, and Christoph, you talked about it. There are principles, the network of digital evidence, and I'm happy to uh, email this to anybody. I already have to, to a few people. Network of digital evidence um, is a group, again, a lot of academic medical centers that got together that said we have all these digital technologies coming at us saying they're the best thing since sliced bread and are going to do all this stuff. That's what the vendor says, but has it really been studied? So this group comes together to look at digital technologies to, to do it in an evidence-based way. They do have a whole methodology for evaluating a technology's graphical user interface. And it's specific for healthcare. So I'm happy to share that with anybody. They make that av um, available publicly on their website. So that concludes what I look at when we're talking about blockchain, blockchain enabled. Anytime people throw that word in, I'm like, oh, really? We're just getting started. Thank you very much. <laughs>